Hello, and welcome to this live recording from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This message was given by a guest speaker who visited our Kubalup campus. So sit back, listen in, and enjoy what God's got to say to you. Thank you to the worship team. Well, in the mission spot earlier, we looked at um, largely at the overseas work of Baptist World Aid. And actually, we're known as Transform Aid internationally uh, because obviously you can't go into a lot of countries, Muslim, uh, Hindu countries with a name like Baptist World Aid. So we're known as Transform Aid. And in this message, I wanted to just try and unpack a bit more about this idea of mission. And now that I'm working for a mission organization and what it really means, because, of course, Jesus, before he returned to the Father, he left the words of the Great Commission. That was his final thing, go and make disciples of all nations. And then there's these words in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Again, this is just before Jesus went back to the Father. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And it kind of seems like a threefold command, doesn't it? You'll be my witnesses at home where you live, Jerusalem. You'll be my witnesses in the wider community in Judea and Samaria, and you'll also be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. And somehow I was thinking, I think Perth literally is one of the ends of the earth, isn't it? It's like one of the four corners. I think it's spiritually very significant in that way, but we haven't got time to get into that today. It's just a thought. And when we think about Jesus himself, of course, he was an itinerant preacher, He didn't stay in one place. People wanted to keep him in one place. And of course, going back to that whole thing of people were living then as many people in the world are living now, no medical care. And Jesus was a healer. So of course he was popular. Of course they wanted him to stay. But he said, no, I've got to move on because this is why I've come. I've come to preach the good news of the kingdom. And on he went. And just as as Jesus had said would happen when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost and fell on the disciples in power, the gospel began to spread out from Jerusalem, driven largely, actually, by persecution. Interesting. But spread it did, just as he said that it would. And we think about Paul having that dramatic conversion on the road to Damascus, encountering Jesus in his glory, absolutely life-changing. And of course, we know that in the fullness of time, his whole life became about mission and journeys. He didn't just stay in the same place. He was planting churches. He was going and encouraging those churches and so on. So what about us? Where do we fit in with all of this and the great commission that uh, Jesus gave? You know, should we all be selling up and moving out to Nepal or Africa or somewhere like that? And where does the work of Baptist World Aid fit in with the great commission? Well, I think this verse from Acts holds a great key for us because you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in other words, in Kubi or Leeming or wherever it is that you live. You'll be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria, which could be a wider community of Perth and Western Australia, and also to the nations. So when you live in a place like this, you might not be able to afford to go to the nations, but Baptist World Aid is actually a vehicle through which Baptists can be involved with our mission to the nations, because we all need to have a missional mindset in all three of these areas. So I want to look firstly that we are actually created for the purpose of God. We know that everybody is created in God's image because Genesis tells us that. And that, of course, includes non-believers. 
And I think that's why we see everybody. It's very rare to meet a person who isn't capable of doing anything kind or good. That is quite rare. But in the scriptures, there are over 2,000 references to uh, justice, to care of the poor and needy. And Psalm 97 verse 2 says that the very foundation of God's throne is described as being righteousness and justice. Just take hold of that picture for a moment. It's, it's incredible. This is who our God is. And so we know that this is an important area. And actually, as I've come into this work and speaking on behalf of um, very poor and needy people, I've, the, the spiritual battle has intensified. There is a spiritual battle over this work because I think it journeys so close to the heart of the Father, because he is about care and and goodness and love for all people, not just Christians, you know. This is so central to who he is, because he's a caring God. Now, these days, many businesses and many people are into philanthropy and doing good works, and under our TAI banner, we've got companies that support us. And social justice causes like the Ethical Fashion Guide appeals actually to a lot of young people. But not everybody's involved in this work because they're believers in Jesus, but because they're made in God's image. So most people do want to, they do to a certain extent have a heart for justice. But the English preacher, J. John, makes the point that Christianity itself is like an invitation. And once you accept it and you believe that Jesus is the son of the living God that he gave up his place in glory as the king of kings. He humbled himself. He became a man. He gave up his life willingly. He didn't have it taken from him. He gave it so that our sins could be forgiven, all the wrong that we do. And he opened the door for us to know the Father and to be intimate with the Father again. And once we accept that and accept that invitation, our life, of course, completely changes. And things move from being on a good deeds campaign It's not a good deeds campaign anymore because amazing as it is, even though we're clay pots and we're broken vessels, this is how God has chosen to work through us, his people. So we're no longer doing good deeds because it makes us feel good. We're about the Father's business and it's the Lord Jesus as the shepherd of the sheep that leads us on and we trust him to do that because he says he will. He is the good shepherd. He leads us into what we're meant to be doing. And of course, in the Great Commission, his final words before he returned to the Father was, I'm with you. You're not going to be in this work on your own. I'm going to infill you with my Holy Spirit, and I will be with you as you go out in my name. So much more than a good deeds campaign. And there's another thing about the invitation of Christianity. Once you've accepted it, you pass it on. You become an ambassador for the kingdom. So every single follower of Jesus, everybody in this room is on a mission. And we're made for it. It's not just special people who are called to go off to Africa or Nepal. You might be one of those people. But more usually, Jesus wants to use you and the gifts and talents that he's given you right where he's placed you on the earth. And that is actually quite good news for most people. Like, I do enjoy traveling. I enjoy going to Nepal. But I was very pleased to get back to Western toilets and comforts, I I must admit. So I think that's pretty good news for most of us. 
And for most of us, this has certainly been true in my Christian journey, even after you accept the invitation of Christianity, it's not done there. I find that Jesus is always saying, come on, come on, I've got more for you. Step outside of that comfort zone. I want to challenge you. I want to show you fullness of life. You know, when I was back in my 20s, a long time ago, it wasn't on my radar at all that I would ever become a pastor or live in Australia, any of these things. It's all been God's action in my life and uh, in my husband's life as well. And you know, sometimes I come across Christians and I think the sad thing is that many of us miss out on what God wants to do in our lives, in and through us, because we're control freaks. And we want to hold on tightly to the reins. We don't want to trust him. We don't step out. And do you know who misses out if we don't? We do. We just miss out on all that blessing because it's exciting to be about his work. It's challenging and it's difficult. I didn't particularly want to step away from my role at Mount Pleasant, to be perfectly honest. And he didn't show me what was coming next. But look what I would have, you know, this opportunity that has opened up. Well, let's um, hear our passage now. That was a very long introduction, wasn't it? (laughs) Sorry about that. But this is about um, a group of believers, people like you and me, who are being sent out on a mission by Jesus. And he gave them some instructions to follow. So I think this might be quite helpful. So here it is. It's from Luke 10, verses 1 to 12. So after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs amongst wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. And if someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Don't move around from house to house. And when you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. And I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town." doesn't seem like an easy passage, does it? I'll just leave you to think for a moment. Well, I think the first thing to notice, and we're looking at this idea that all of us are on a mission, but how do we do it, is that Jesus does not send out his inner circle of the 12 disciples. No. He sends out 72 nameless and faceless people. We don't know who they are. Ordinary people people like you and me. And there's a vital lesson in that. We're living in an age of celebrity and, 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 you know, exalting people. In fact, if I was to get my phone out now, I could look on Facebook, I could see where some of my friends have been for breakfast, I could see who they've had breakfast with, and I could probably see a picture of what they've eaten for breakfast. Now, I'm not a psychologist, but somehow we seem to feel this need to be so interconnected. But it's really 
pretty phony, isn't it? Is that where we're getting our sense of importance and purpose from? And yet, as followers of Jesus, and look, I'm guilty of this, we can so easily want to be recognized for what we do. It can creep into our lives. And yet we follow a master who humbled himself. He became nothing. He became a servant, even though he's the king of glory. And so what we learn from Jesus is that popularity and recognition is actually not necessary for the work of the kingdom, but the much less popular concept of obedience actually is. Now, some people will be recognized for what they do, And it made me think of Peter, you know, when he's really getting a bit jealous of John and there's rumors going around that John's going to live forever. And Peter says to to Jesus, well, what about him? And Jesus very politely says to him, what's that to you? In other words, Peter, mind your own business, get on with your walk and let John get on with his. Because Jesus, and actually this passage, is intensely practical Because God is practical. And Jesus gives to these 72 people four points to ensure that their mission of sharing the good news is going to be a success and what to do if they encountered opposition. So this has got to be helpful for us, you would think. So the first point is to pray. Pray for the workers because there's not enough of them. And if you've ever done children's ministry... That's definitely true. Sorry, that was a bit cynical, but (laughs) it's true in most things. There's not enough workers, so we need workers. Now, do you remember when Pastor Ben Gray was here not so long ago? He was at at Burragoon speaking at that weekend conference on prayer. It was wonderful. And he ministers a great deal in the Middle East, particularly in Iran, where, um, interestingly, the church is growing faster than anywhere else in the world. He said that more people have come to Jesus in the last decade, more Muslims, than in the previous 13 centuries. Wow and wow. God is on the move, and yet they're under extreme persecution. So Pastor Ben Gray referred to this passage, and he said that the problem for Christians in nations like Australia is we get stuck on prayer. And we never move to action because the next instruction is go. Stay focused. Don't get chatting to people on the way. Don't get waylaid. And so I think the relevance to us is that having prayed to be about the Father's business, you know, the Lord loves that kind of prayer. He wants to answer that prayer. So he's going to be opening up opportunities all around us, but we have to open our eyes and see them and be obedient, be intentional. You know, it could just be talking to that person that you're always at the bus stop next to or somebody that you don't know that well at work, but you know they're going through a difficult time, you know, showing kindness, making time for people. This is how he works. This is how he directs his people. Well, what's next? Verse 5. Jesus tells them that to go into homes that are welcoming, find a person of peace, meaning a person who wants to engage. So if you think about the parable of the sower, as the farmer was throwing out the seed, it, threw off, it fell on different pieces of land. Some fell on the path, some fell on weeds, some fell on stones, some fell on fertile land. So as we move out in the name of Jesus, going out in his name, we'll get different responses from people. And that's important because the kingdom of God is always 
advancing. And Jesus is knocking on the door of many, many people's hearts, people that you and me know. And when you think about John the Baptist and all those people that poured out into the desert to be douched in water by some mad-looking guy in crazy clothing, you have to ask yourself, well, why did they actually, why did they do that? What was the draw card? And it must be that the religion of the day, all those rules and regulations that the Pharisees were laying on people, it wasn't cutting it for people. People were hungry for an encounter with the living God. And you know what? People that we know in our community here at Kubalup or wherever we are, there are people here who are hungry for an encounter with the living God. Same in Nepal. There's people hungry there as well. And all across Australia. And so amazing as it is, the way God has ordained it is that he uses us, the clay pot brigade, to be bringers of his light to these people. Well, I saw... um, post on Facebook recently, it rather caught my eye because it was a video of um, video clip of Lady Gaga talking with the Dalai Lama. I thought, well, this is interesting. I'll give you um, one guess who was doing most of the talking. <laughs> and it wasn't the Dalai Lama. Anyway, choose, mes- choose kindness was her message. And she spoke about the damage of disunity, that there's an evil force in the world that wants to disrupt and make people hate one another and cause division. It was actually quite biblical what she had to say, and it was really good as far as it went. And, of course, she's a celebrity, so lots of people were liking the post and sharing the post. Of course they were. I wasn't trying to be cynical, but what just crossed my mind repeatedly was that she totally failed to address how do we choose kindness? Especially if I've got a broken past and I was abused as a child or whatever and I've got anger management problems or I find I can't forgive. I've got a violent husband and partner. I've got difficulties at home. How do I choose kindness then? And left to our own devices, our history shows that we're not very good as human beings at kindness. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the Holocaust and other atrocities like that in our history. And the truth is that we actually need help to choose kindness. We need inner transformation. And to bear that fruit of the Spirit consistently, and like I said at the beginning of the message, everybody is, most people are capable of kindness, but to consistently choose kindness, we need the transformation of God himself. And only God can do that. And the good news is that he wants to do it. He wants to do it. He wants to help us to be, uh, forgive, to, to be forgiven. He wants us to bear the fruit of kindness in our lives because his passion is restoration and restoring people. And that really is good news to a hurting world. So she was talking, Lady Gaga was talking about how to live this life well. And of course, that is important. But as you begin to get a bit older, like Derek and me, <laughs> you realize that this life's a blip. You know, it's going to be gone before you know it. But the invitation that we carry as followers of Christ and ambassadors for the kingdom is an eternal invitation. We're talking about eternity. And God's already planted that in people's hearts because his word tells us that. So whether you're born in Australia or in Nepal, you are interested in eternity. 
And so when your church family here, and I know you've started your Saturday night service, when you reach out to people in obedience to Jesus around here, you are going to have an eternal impact. Definitely. Because his word promises that. And it's so much more than a good works campaign. If we're about the master's business following him, there will be fruit. So back to the passage, Jesus' instructions say that when you interact with people, if they're receptive to you, it could well be that the kingdom has come near to that person and he is knocking at the door of their heart. And that's the same principles when Baptist World Aid goes out into the world and starts to look for new communities. We look for communities that are receptive to change. And not surprisingly, most of them living in uh, acute poverty do want change. So the final instruction to the 72 that Jesus gives might seem a bit overwhelming to us. It's perform a miracle. And you think, really? That's a bit much. But... What this really means is be a conduit of blessing to that, to that person. And when an opportunity opens up to share your own story of what God has done in your life, heaven actually touches earth through us, through our own story, because we have been supernaturally transformed. And again, actually, Pastor Ben Gray was saying that when we think about the supernatural, we're thinking spectacular But actually, the supernatural is all around us because God is at work all around us. And our own stories of what Christ has done in me is a supernatural story. We've been transformed. We've gone from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And actually, God is so gracious. I've been on a mission trip where we've laid hands on a couple who weren't able to have a a child. And, of course, no access to medical help or whatever. We heard shortly after that that after many years of trying that they were pregnant. And so I think God is so pleased to answer the prayers of his people when we step out and we believe uh, fully that he can do what he says he can. And when a person, Jesus says, you know, when a person is not interested, will you move on? Because you can't bash people over the head with Christianity or with the Bible Um, I'm speaking authoritatively because I've tried it. I've been trying to bash my dad over the head for years. And my husband wisely said, Kathy, you have got to step back and stop preaching at him. So I have. And what we're left with is prayer, faithful prayer. Don't give up on people. Keep praying for them. But we can't push our faith on people because it's all in the Lord's timing when the kingdom comes near. So finally, moving quickly on, do the four points really work? Well, later, we didn't have it in the passage, but by Luke 10, verse 17, this is what happens. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. You know, they're blown away by what has happened. They can't believe it. So the answer is Yes, the four points did work, and I suspect, yes, they do, because the Lord Jesus is with us as we go out in his name. But we have to step out in faith. Kingdom work always requires faith. So in faith, Baptist World Aid, we begin that little boy Johnson that you saw the video about. That's a new program in Uganda that we've started. There's about 1,000 children there. And we get the money for the community work through child sponsorships and other means as well. But we've started that work, believing that God will stir up the hearts of people like you back here in Australia to come and support the work. Because we can't 
do this kingdom work without stepping out in faith. So as I said before, our vision is to empower people living in extreme poverty to lift themselves into improved circumstances. It's not a band-aid, you know, throw out the cash approach. So the maximum amount of time that we work is nine years, and then the plan is that the community is self-sufficient and self-sustaining way into the future. But of course, during that nine-year period when we're working with people, we also want people to come to know Jesus. Now, in Nepal, it's actually illegal to openly proselytize. You can't do that. But when we reach out, we go out in Christ's name and we pour out love on people. We bless them. We want to help them. We want their children to be educated. We want their their sick people to be able to access the medical um, stuff that they need. People want to know, why on earth are you doing this? Especially, actually, in the Hindu nations. I think I've got a picture here, sorry, Peter, jumping over the place, of me standing. These are all Dalit people. Um, Maybe it's not there. There's a picture. Oh, here it is. That lady there is a Dalit, uh, which is the lowest Hindu caste. So she has had spoken over her untouchable, worthless. She's illiterate. She's also a beautiful woman. And she's standing next to a child of the kingdom who's had love, mercy, forgiveness spoken over my life. What a contrast. A lady like that wants to know, why are you doing this? And it's powerful. And in Nepal, 10 years ago, there were five Christian churches. Now there are 400. All in response to love, to God's love. So don't forget to pray for people in the nations that are far off, because it's part of the Great Commission from that verse in, in Acts. But don't forget those four points and be intentional about the way that you live your life and how you move about in the community here at Kubala. Because every day, we are meeting people who desperately need and want to hear the good news of Jesus. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you that your great heart of love is for all to be saved and none to be lost. And Father, we thank you incredible as it seems to us, that you have so ordained things and you have chosen to work through us and that your Holy Spirit infills us to be after, to be uh, bringing your light and your goodness and your kingdom to people who are currently far off, whether they live near to us or away in the nations. And so we pray this morning, Lord, each and every person here, I pray in our hearts that we would be those who want to be intentionally about your business, on your kingdom mission, and bearing fruit for your glorious kingdom. And in your mighty name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this message from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. If you'd like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, then you can contact the team at Mount Pleasant Baptist Church by calling the office during office hours on 9329-1777. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to your company again soon. God bless.